0: Hi, I'm Garth Tannen. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Cotney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
1: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell.
0: Clipsall is getting closer. You know, not being in the car fair two and
2: a half months or whatever it is, it's um, pretty big ass going there.
0: The Gold Coast looks to the future and Dick Johnson Racing says leaving Ford may be hard but not impossible.
3: That is definitely our preference, but you know if that's not going to work, obviously we have to look at options.
0: That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
1: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
0: Stephen Johnson has told the V8 Insiders that while the team wants to stay with Ford, the fact that the team now manages four licences. Could be a factor in a new manufacturer stealing the iconic team away.
3: It's been, uh, you know, a good association certainly with Ford and, and Dick Johnson, and uh, you know we'd like to push that into the future. But you know things change, so hopefully, you know, Ford now with some new management, um, they can really see the benefit in, in the car of the future, hopefully, and we can discuss our future beyond. 2012, early this year.
0: On this week's White Flag Lap, we hear more from Stephen Johnson about the changes at Dick Johnson Racing. Dean Fiori has said that he is fitting in well at Jim
2: Beam Racing. Um, I guess uh, the whole organisation part of it all. You know, that's that's all pretty much sorted by the powers to be at, at DJR, and, and um, I think I'm I'm fitter and stronger than I've ever been because I've just had more time to work on that side of things. Um, I, I mean, I always allowed myself enough time last year, but. You're always thinking about something else and sometimes your days go longer than they should and then, you know, the things that are important like training get put on the back burner. So this year it's been at the forefront of my focus and, yeah, I've just been focusing on doing that and getting fit and, and um, I'm pumped and ready. Priori
0: has set himself some impressive goals.
2: Consistently punch, um, punch in the top 15. That's, that's where I want to be. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go, see how the car is on the first day here. Um, it'll give us sort of an indication of where we're at. And then, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there.
0: HRT has released a promotional video to encourage
1: membership. My world is not like yours. In my world,
2: there is only Sunday. In my world, the finish happens before the start. I know that every minute I am not thinking, doing, improving. My enemy is. My entire life's work can be measured in a fraction of a second. I... And why I have no one to beat but myself. And I know I must better myself every time. I live for the army. I live for the mountain. I live to race
0: bleed red and this is my house the video features team members and the drivers all promoting the factory team in 2012 i bleed red and this is my house may provide a mixed message but it's sure to stir up the holden faithful who have been turning to triple eight over the past three years Cooper's Brewery have been announced as a platform sponsor of the V8 Supercars main game, the SA beer maker taking over from Forex who stepped away from the series at the end of last year. Cooper's will be available at all V8 rounds and becomes the third official brewer to sponsor the series. Gold Coast Bulletin has reported that Events Queensland have conducted a review into the 600. The report says that the investigation is looking to whether the government's council and v8 supercars were happy with the current arrangement the possibility of adding an international category to the event and whether the event needs more funding there is a feeling in the gold coast community that the event now a domestic round of the championship has lost a lot of its gloss one of the key attractions to holding the event and it may not be achieving the outcomes that is required to justify the cost With a proposed light rail system cutting through the track precinct, it could also affect the type of cars that can race on the circuit, with open wheelers unlikely ever to be able to race there once the system's installed. It is expected that the report will be handed down soon after the Queensland election, as the government is now in caretaker mode. In other track news, Phillip Island's Grand Prix circuit will be resurfaced for the first time since 1998 at the end of this year. Testing on Monday was at Winton, with wet weather affecting all the teams. The Heavens opened up early in the day, and the ten main game teams that were at the test included the factory team from Holden Walkinshaw Racing and their three main game drivers, Garth Tander, James Courtney, and Russell Ingall. In addition, to a new-look Dunlop Series car for Nick Purcat, Brad Jones Racing had Jason Bright, Fabian Coulthard and David Wall there, whilst Gary Rogers Motorsport had Alex Premet and Michael Caruso. Also, the single-car entries of D- Tony Dalberto and also Lucas D'Umbrell Motorsports with Tads Douglas on board. Kelly Racing and Ford Performance Racing did not have cars at the test, although Ford Performance Racing did run its Dunlop Series car for Chad Mosert with Mark Winterbottom completing some laps. Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport yet again ran in white unbranded livery as they did at the pre-season test. They'll be revealing their new title sponsor and livery at the team's season launch late this week. Dumbrell will also field a Dunlop Series card as Clipsal for Christian Limborn. Daniel Jensen and also Ash Walsh will drive in the 2012 Dunlop Series competing with Matt Stone Racing. In Queensland, all three Stone Brothers Racing entries were on the track, Holsworth, Van Gisbergen and Slade, without any effects of rains that the Victorian teams had to deal with on Monday. But a high humidity on the day has affected some of the outcomes. A week after telling the V8 Insiders that the sponsorship hunt had been difficult, Tony Dalberto Racing has announced major backing from FERD for the Clipsal 500 and the non-championship Australian Grand Prix event. The team has also indicated that the sponsorship could extend further into the season as their talks continue. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Chris Jewell and Gary O'Brien will join me. Then on the white flag lap, it's Stephen Johnson.
1: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at au. Hi, I'm Craig Lowns from
0: Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. <laughs> Joining us this week on the show, it's uh, the voice of V8 Supercars, or should I say, the voice of V8 Supertouring, Chris Jewell.
4: <laughs> good one. Yeah, good to have be here, Craig. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. It's been a while for me, but I know it is uh, It is February, but Happy New
2: Year to everyone.
0: And also joining us, Gary O'Brien from, well, it's Nine Magazines these days, and of course that means Auto Action. Good evening, Gary. Auto
5: Action, yes, Craig. Uh, good evening to you. Good evening, Chris, and hello to everyone, and uh, as again, all the best for the New Year.
0: It- was interesting that we got through sandown, chris and uh, uh, it was an interesting day you had the job of spruiking right the way through it and i don't know that you got a lot of help you were seemingly uh, up there in the booth for the majority of the day all by yourself
5: yeah yeah
4: well thank god i had a uh, roving mic it was going to be a long day when i first turned up without a timing monitor and expected to remain uh, in the commentary box, in the control tower, first time ever I've actually commentated from the control tower because the definitive commentary box was down on the way to turn one. But fortunately, had a roving mic so we could manage to wander around and chat to a few of the uh, the, uh, the luminaries and lesser lights. But it was quite a long day, must say. Nine o'clock till five o'clock with only one person doing the sprucing.
0: It is uh, interesting to see the cars, their new liveries. Now, I think this crowd uh, was uh, equal of. What we saw at Eastern Creek, I didn't hear any official numbers.
4: Yeah, look, I think it was. Um, I, I'd expect that it was certainly between fourteen and twenty thousand people there. I mean, the grandstand alone at Sandown holds ten thousand people, and it was certainly very full mid part of the day, just prior to the uh, to the uh, grid walk that everybody enjoyed. So, yeah, I would doubt very much if it was any less. So I guess it always looks like a lot of people when. They're not out on the spectator banks all the way around the circuit, which was exactly the same for Eastern Creek last year, with the exception of the, the hill area, where a lot of people did spend some time on. But yeah, it was certainly no less than 16,000, and I would be surprised if it wasn't upwards of 18,000, which is a very, very strong crowd, and everybody enjoyed the day. We had mixed conditions, and... Um yeah, first chance to see all the cars in their
0: in their new colours. Mm. Of course, Gary, uh, not all the cars have got liveries yet. And it's interesting that the last man standing is uh, car 28 in the field, Lucas Dumbrell. He's uh, going to be launching his new livery this week.
5: Yeah, uh, and the Jim Bean cars, of course, mm. they've got a new livery coming in as well. So, And, of course, uh, the, the web cars, um, I believe that they're doing some stuff it'll be a little bit different from what we've seen at Sandown but um, the thing I wanted to say about Sandown, uh, I, always, I get the feeling that there was like a revitalisation of the category just out of that one day, well probably in, in the lead up with Nissan announcing there um, coming back into uh, Australian touring car racing uh, through the Kelly uh, outfit and uh, I just felt that the whole thing had a had an upward vibe, I wasn't there but uh, I mean I was at Eastern Creek and I, I thought from what I could see that there was more people at Sandown and and typically of Melbourne, that they would get a bigger crowd than what Sydney would anyway. And and on top of that, it's just that, that vibe about the series is just like it's got a brand new life.
0: And how much do you think that's got to do, Gary, with the Sandown 500 being back on the calendar and having this start at Sandown? It, it certainly does help build that uh, relationship that Sandown's had.
5: Yeah, you well, know, I think um, you're always going to do better at Sandown with... Uh, with a lead-up to Baffus race than you would at Phillip Island, particularly because of the location, more than any other reason, I would imagine. But, uh, I mean, Phillip Island's a special place the drivers love going there, and and uh, I guess the Sandown has its own place because of its tradition, so I didn't really think that would have counted much to the people rolling out. I just felt that there just seemed to be a re- renewed vigour about the whole category and uh, what it's doing and where it's going, particularly next year.
0: Mm. Well, next year is the car of the future, but uh, Gary, like uh, myself, we were watching a new touring car series over there in New Zealand, and Chris, you had the uh, luck of being at Hampton Downs and seeing the launch of V8 Super Touring. Now, a new formula, which is a lot more cost-effective, these cars are being built by, uh, well, basically by the same fellow who developed the car of the future for V8 Supercars, but at a fraction of the price tag. Is this economical V8 super uh, V8 Racing?
4: Oh, absolutely. I um, first heard about it a year ago when I was at Timaru for the round of what was then the V8 Touring Car Championship, and, uh, and I heard about control engines, control specification, uh, V8 power, lightweight, high horsepower, and most importantly, recognising the motorsport community, those people who can actually afford to go racing within New Zealand, the motorsport public, the people who pay to watch it, and I guess the economy uh, of New Zealand... I was pretty enthusiastic about it. In fact, I even wrote an article uh, for one of the publications I represent on return about Australians needing to keep a weather eye on exactly what was going over there because at the same time we were still yet to see the definitive guise of our car of the future which we've subsequently seen and is outwardly not particularly different. It was no different outwardly to... uh, to what it previously has been but under the skin it's obviously very different and these cars are a work of art i mean pace innovations which is paul seprich as you mentioned who's um responsible for the car of the future he's designed the cars they run control shocks um and a whole host of other components they got plenty of horsepower more torque than about supercar but most importantly they're two hundred thousand dollars australian to buy one and uh that's significantly less than half of a current V8 supercars cost and probably about half of what the car of the future is proposed to be so some total of that is for their environment economy and population it's the perfect product and the fact that 16 of them were there resplendent in their colours last weekend at Hampton Downs soon to be 20 for the endurance races and then 24 for next year for the entire season Uh, It was really a milestone event and incredibly well embraced by the New Zealand public who genuinely know their motor racing, be it open wheelers uh, or sedan cars. They know what they're looking for. And uh, on the back of Hampton Downs inaugural meeting, I can only see it going from strength to strength. And I still say what I started uh, saying this time last year. We could do worse than keep an eye on what they're doing over there.
0: Gary, that's the critical thing, isn't it? The car of the future was supposed to significantly bring the cost of our supercars down. We've seen the New Zealanders in one year bring out a, a series, which whilst it's not the technical specifications and the technical elitism of V8 supercars, they've got it at a very, very affordable price.
5: Yeah, and the racing was quite good as well. The... Um one of the um, team principals here in Australia said that, you know, for the cost of an engine, you wouldn't even uh, couldn't afford to even take the heads off of off one of our engines at, under the current guys, and obviously this will change as, as we go into next year. But uh, the question I, I've, I'd like to ask Chris, and uh, probably a lot of people wouldn't mind knowing, but. I know we can't do a direct comparison, but how did the cars look performance-wise compared to the supercars over here? They look great. Um, in all honesty, they really... I
4: mean, they look just like the V8 supercar in their guise. They handle differently. They, the engine's a lot further back inside the engine bay by about 180 to 200 millimetres, so it helps the weight distribution of the cars. They run a very good hand-cooked tyre, which is quite durable and also very grippy. It's an 18-inch configuration, which in the future will be here. Uh, They sound very good. They sound a little bit flatter than a V8 supercar, but they only rev to 6,700 revs. And uh, the engine's at $20,000 New Zealand. That's 16,000 Australian for an engine that lasts 10,000 kilometres uh, that has 575 horsepower and uh, and more torque than a V8 supercar. I would estimate that a V8 supercar Hampton Downs if it revs to its full revs, would be a couple of seconds quicker than these. Uh, if it revs to 6,700 revs, maybe only a second quicker. So uh, visibly, they are fast cars, very fast cars, and they tend to be quicker than they actually sound, both from a driving point of view. And I spoke with Greg Murphy, a number of the drivers, and they, they said it, it doesn't sound like you're travelling that quickly. But when you look at the data and the speed traces, they, they make power without a lot of noise, and they really do travel along quite quickly. To give you some comparison, they were somewhere in the vicinity... Of uh, six full seconds quicker than a V8 uh, car from from the previous guys in New Zealand, and a Formula 5000 uh, over there does a 59.8 second lap and these cars were doing low one minute four so it gives you some indication that they're very quick cars
0: mm. and yeah
5: that sounds like it and i've got to agree with you about the kiwis and their enthusiasm for for motorsport and what they want i, I had the privilege of being at manfield in 2006 when the v8 Utes went over there for the first time and uh, they had the biggest crowd at that circuit since the superbikes were there 1987,
0: would you believe? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing the way that New Zealanders have uh, taken to motorsport, and uh, their pedigree is certainly first race, first rate. Of course, uh, they can claim McLaren as their own as well. So, Murphy's success, though, it sets him up perfectly, Chris, for his Pepsi Max assault at All He's got uh, some good running under the belt, and even found out what a bit of rubbing feels like, giving and receiving.
4: Yeah, you're right. He uh, did blot the copybook a bit in that last race, didn't he? He had it all wrapped up, but still won the round. And, uh, and it looked great for the category that the king of uh, New Zealand's motorsport, the king of Pukekohe, the king of the mountain, and now the prince of Hampton Downs, in fact, is um, the man that leaves there in the championship lead. It's now a matter of who can topple the king from his throne, and I think that in itself will be of significant interest. Not so convinced that it'll translate into any direct successes on track at the Clips of 500, bearing in mind he does look fitter than he's ever looked, and he has his particularly different warm-up routine now that he's applying, which is about reflexology and all sorts of other things that just gets him moving and in the zone. So I think Greg knows that he turns 40 this year and uh, he has to strut his stuff as best he can, but he is concerned that the Kelly cars at this point don't seem to have the dry weather um, performance that is matched by their wet weather performance. So if we have 14 wet weekends, perhaps Greg will certainly be a contender, but I don't think that what he did in New Zealand will directly correlate into what will happen at uh, the Clipsal 500, but who's to say it won't rain there?
0: Mm, Well, we're going to bring it back across the ditch after the break on the V8 Insiders.
1: Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Shane
0: Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Chris Jewell and Gary O'Brien joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, uh, we talked about the super touring. Let's talk about the V8 supercars. And uh, great news for Tony Dalberto, who's announced a two-race deal sponsorship-wise. I know when we spoke to him, Gary at uh, Sandown, he was not looking or not sounding as confident about being able to secure anything for Clipsal, but uh, it's turned around and there's a possibility if he can go well and uh, there's a new sponsor I always pronounce it Ferd uh, he's uh, happy with what's going on, it could extend further into the season.
5: Yeah, I like the colour scheme too, it's very reminiscent of the 1973 two-door Falcons uh, from Pomoco, it's sort of got that Ford feel about it, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Ford colours and uh, that's something we can't say about a few of the other Fords that are getting around there
5: yeah, in light of uh, some of the excuses Ford brought up before to get rid of Triple uh, Eight off their uh, off their list with not having blue on their cars.
0: Yes, uh, Chris, it's important when we went to uh, when we went to Sandown and saw a seventh of the field unsponsored. It was a concern. I guess now we've got uh, well the web cars still to without a sponsor, but Dumbrell announcing his this week. It, it's looking a bit healthier
4: it's tough out there. The economy, it really is genuinely tough across all sporting disciplines and anybody looking for uh, the corporate dollar at the moment. Uh, no one will say the word recession, but we've got to be that close to being in one that it's, uh, that it's certainly not just a distant cousin or a, uh, a term from the past. But I'm, I'm pleased for Tony. I, I know they were very close to a, a big naming rights backer to replace the departing Wilson Security and pleasing to see that a sponsor that was previously involved with Tony, albeit in a smaller capacity, have stepped up at least for the first... Two events of the year specifically the Cripsville 500 and obviously the non-championship round at the Australian Grand Prix but I, I don't think it'll be far away before we see something happening at, uh, at Jonathan Webb's uh, operation they have a very astute commercial director there who's come straight from the Brisbane Lions to them and thinks outside the motor racing box so I'm sure that Paul Paul Robinson uh, who looks after that program will come up with something if not in the earliest days but uh, before very long and uh, yeah, looking to see if there's a few other newer sponsors that might find their way into it. But I fully concur, uh, having been a general manager of a former Ford team and being told everything had to be blue, including the truck, uh, it amazes me there's all sorts of cars out there in anything but blue. Mm.
0: And, <laughs> and of course, we also have a fact that a new beer is on board for VR Supercars. And if you like to roll your bottles before you drink them, then you'll be happy it's Cooper's.
4: <laughs> Indeed, Absolutely uh, right. <laughs> So I think it's, uh, you know, obviously it's not a co-presenting partnership as uh, the parting Forex uh, x uh, had under the line Nathan banner and uh, that had been backed down over uh, the last 12 months or so but it's still pleasing to see that a new sponsor at that level has been attracted to V8 Supercar and obviously Dunlop doing what they're doing with uh, what we used to term the, the development series, is also pleasing as well. But um, as I said, commercial dollars hard to come by and uh, you need to grab them and cultivate them because it's only going to get tougher still over
5: the next 12 months.
0: Mm. What was your thoughts, first on Coopers and then on Dunlop, Gary?
5: Oh, well, the, the Cooper's one—they've got an affinity with motorsport in Australia anyway. You know, uh, in the past with um, with production cars, and then of course uh, Jack Els Good in the Ute, uh, so they've always been thereabouts. The first major event on the uh, program for the years happens to be in Adelaide, which is a hometown for for Coopers. So uh, it's it's all fits in very nicely. And uh, and I think from what you read on the forums and hear from the fans that there seems to be um, a preference for the South Australian brew over the Queensland one, but um, that's. Per- personal taste, so uh, that could go either way. As for Dunlop, uh, Dunlop are obviously shoring up a commitment to make sure that when the next lot of bidding comes around, that they're, they're showing that they're, they're supporting the development of, of the, the category by uh, backing the, uh, the second tier series, as it were.
0: It's interesting, though, because they've signed up for, what is it, eight years, I think, Chris, or something, is, is a significant amount of time that they're there for, which basically runs the extent of their new contract anyway.
4: Exactly. It, uh, it's a bit of a sweetheart deal, isn't it? It would seem, and I say that with the greatest respect because Dunlop have been a loyal provider uh, to the category, not just as a controlled tyre supplier, but even back in the days when uh, there were multiple tyre manufacturers in the sport. So I think it's good to see that, uh, that they are involved. And look, they're all about developing tyres, and now they're going to be developing drivers in the development series. And uh, obviously the parting uh, sponsor will probably still be to re- referred to the early days, just like we once spent some time transferring from saying Conica series to all sorts of other things. Uh, I think there ABC, was like DC coming to mind.
0: I, I, I think there was like three sponsors before people stopped saying Conica <laughs> series. It was, yeah, well,
5: I probably I, I both fell it out that I think it was about the middle of last year before a lot of people stopped saying (laughs) Connigo. It's been around that long.
0: Now, DJR is talking up leaving Ford. I've been fascinated by this. Uh, Dick has said it in certain media circles, and on the white flag lap, you'll hear even more from Stephen Johnson, as you heard in the news, uh, about Stephen even saying that, well, we don't want to leave Ford. But the practical reality is, is if there's another manufacturer out there that wants to spend the money or give us the money needed to develop our racing program, we've got to take it. And, Gary, it's almost like Brocky running a Ford.
5: Well, um, yeah, I really did for a while. <laughs> um, but um, I think they're a four car team. I think you've got to look at that as being a major attraction to someone coming in. Um, also, I think they just um you know sussing out the the debt for the water by saying that if someone else comes comes in we're available but by the same token saying to ford well you know we sure it's up or we'll, we might uh, take another offer and the other thing too is steve johnson actually has a personal sponsorship with a, a Mazda dealership I believe so um that may f- can f- figure into what what he might be saying about it all
0: mm. chris you have been in a very difficult position where you had Agreements in place, and uh, they didn't go ahead as promised, which certainly caused uh, some very, very uh, major concerns for that team. Is Ford's lack of commitment to V8 Supercars right at this point, knowing the car of the future is on its way, a major concern to people up and down pit lane?
4: Oh, I don't think it's any more of a concern than than what everybody's currently experiencing, to be quite honest, but. Um I would hope that the days of you know Ford sponsoring tennis and things not necessarily directly related to motoring are a thing of the past. But you know, clearly, Dick's uh, getting on the front foot in and uh, not crying wolf. It's it's definitely a warning shot across the bows because uh, you know there's a new manufacturer coming in. Who's to say there may not be more than one manufacturer? And uh, you know, let's just wait for the day when Ford and Holden do start to bitch and moan that uh, it's not the way it once was. Because in recent times being a a 50-50 equation between the two of them, they probably haven't been forced to show their hand or to plan a longer term uh, with a host of the initiatives required to support this this V8 supercar series. And and I think Nissan's going to keep them honest, and not just from a commercial investment point of view, from a technical point of view, because lots of talk about Ford and Holden even considering changing the... uh, specification and inherent design of their engines to potentially combat what uh, concessions miss and may well be given in order to come into the categories. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Ford need to uh, to smell the roses of V8 supercar and Australian motor racing and hopefully also retain uh, a motorsport manager longer than five minutes because the uh, the turnstile of Ford Motorsport Managers uh, really does concern me, whereas Simon McNamara and Holden has been there for a long, long time. And and was once uh, junior to uh, John Stevenson, who we all know was instrumental in setting the framework of Holden's motorsport activities. And if last year's 24-4 to 4 result in the favour of Holden's it didn't speak of, Ford had work to do.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, uh, just as we wrap it up here, guys, Clipsal starting the year. Is this going to help the fans follow the series? Uh, Gary, you already spoke about how the test day just seemed to invigorate people. Is Clipsal the thing that this year is going to make a huge difference?
5: Oh yeah, yeah. In some respects, yeah, I think it will because uh, we, everyone sort of thinks that the away one, which we had last year, you know, it, it was a well, it was a fascinating race, and it was good to see Courtney and Bridie have that good good scrap in in, in that night race that they had there. But um, having one on your home shore sure where it's live to wear and it's at a time when people can sit and watch it, yeah, I think it it'll lift the uh, lift the interest. From the start of the season I think it'll carry right through I just think there's a vibe around the whole series And this reflects back to the numbers That are in the development series uh, Like 26, I believe, for for Eclipse And and then further down to what we call The third tier tier of uh, V8s, the V8 touring cars You know, 20 plus to start the year When a couple of years ago we had four at first meeting
0: Mm. Chris? Your thoughts?
5: Uh, we need to bookend
4: this championship with two marquee races on home soil. I think the, uh, the fans embrace that significantly more as a result, and what better place to start it than uh, at the Clipsaw 500. It's not the first time we've started uh, at our series here, and while the international races are important, I always felt that it was probably lost on a number of the passive fans that the championship had actually started when it was held on TV quite late night at here and well and truly offshore. So, yeah, the Clipsal should certainly give it the impetus and the buy-in interest of the dedicated diehards and also the uh, recreational fans uh, when we go racing next weekend.
0: Mm, yeah, well, it's going to be interesting as we get set for Clipsal. Have you got a tip for us, guys, crystal
4: <laughs> uh, That's a tough one, isn't it? Probably GT. I think Garth tends to carry the car around that track uh, better than most, he has a lot to prove. I'm sure under the direction of Steve Hallam and also Mike Henry's involvement at HRT that that team they looked very well organised at Sandown in the test. They they weren't bothered with wet weather running. Uh, yeah, Tander would be my I'd be on on him to to take the maximum points away from the round. I just think there's a lot of good going on at uh, at Holden Racing Team.
0: Gary, uh,
5: I'm Craig Lounds. I think it's going to be year just miss, missed out last year and I think he'll do it and he'll start off on the right foot. But I'm not discounting uh, FPR with their cars either. I think they're going to be very strong throughout the year.
0: Mm. Well, guys, pleasure to catch up with you. We look forward to seeing you all in Adelaide where it should be a great start to the season. And until then, we'll speak to you very soon. Yep, all the The White Flag Lap is up next. Stephen Johnson joins us. I hope you'll stay with us Hi I'm Rick Kelly You're listening to V8 Insiders On this week's White Flag Lap we catch up with Stephen Johnson who is preparing for the team's biggest year with four cars on the track and a lot of stability in both the engineering and management side of the business How is he looking forward to 2012?
3: Yeah it's um, you know quite a few teams have been doing it and uh, you know it makes sense and the opportunity arose for us to, to run some more cars uh, for some other people and uh just the way that it worked out um, with sponsorship with Jim Beam, um, still having two cars, bringing Dean in to take over, I guess, the signage for that second car. Um, Norton coming on board um, for a, a one-car effort with Moff and then um, basically, you know, Steve Owen coming in with um, with Paul Morris Motorsport and, uh, and doing that car with VIP, um, you know, is great. So we... Uh, you know, although we've doubled in in size in cars running on track, it's not really doubling the size of the whole business. You know, because the infrastructure there. It was just a matter of employing some more people, and uh, um, you know, more people and more engineers um, means more smart heads in the building, which is good for everybody. After such a tough start to the year last year, with Malcolm there now for a much longer period, and all your engineering team getting together right at the uh, start, how much do you think that's going to be able to benefit you? Yeah, I think it's going to be a massive benefit. You know, we were on the back foot quite a lot last year with, you know, new engineers and, and junior engineers that had to step up to senior engineers because obviously um, people had left and uh, and changed over, etc. So uh, it was a pretty tough year last year and, um, you know, it was almost uh, like a trial and error last year with certain things that we, we didn't know how to fix or they didn't know how to fix. And, uh, um, you know, this year it, it's not, I guess all new because uh, a couple of the engineers that have come back from PMM were at ours in uh, 2010 so um, it's almost like sort of reacquainting with, with the same sort of faces and um, uh, you know they've fitted in really well and um, you know the amount of work and workload that we've done just at the start of this year has been phenomenal so uh, uh, you know it's going to be great it's it's uh, pretty much all under control at, at this stage and we'll just have to get on track and see how we um, how we can fare with uh yeah, you know, not not only with performance, but um, you know managing the four cars and you know three trucks that we got to bring because of um, you know Norton and VIP having their own trucks and um, yeah, so it's it's a big operation now, but um, you know one that we're looking forward to, especially uh, you know pushing DGR into the future. Being a four car team
0: obviously makes you ripe for the picking when it comes to new manufacturers. Mm. Is there a chance that you guys might be with one of these? Uh, well, one possibly two
3: new teams that scathe and, and tony talk about yeah i mean you know y- you've always i guess got to do what's right um for you fundamentally within the business um you know marketability and that sort of thing you know our preference is to stay with ford and to push the ford product you know we've been ford i've been ford through and through since i started so um you know although i did one race on the dark side when I very first started before I was full time. Um, everything else has been, you know, in a Ford motor company car. So uh, it's been, uh, you know, a good association certainly with Ford and, and Dick Johnson. And uh, you know, we'd like to push that in the future. But you know, things change. So hopefully, you know, Ford now with some new management, um, they can really see the benefit in in the car of future. Hopefully, and we can discuss our future beyond 2012 early this year and uh, for 2013 and beyond but that is definitely our preference but you know if that's not going to work obviously we have to look at options but um, at this stage we're really pushing hard to, to stay where we're at and keep the blue oval in the in the family. Mm, well I know a lot of fans are looking forward to seeing a much bigger Dick Johnson racing this year. Yeah well you know us too so we hope we can uh, you know bring the, the four cars and, and really have a good strong showing all year and uh, Dean's, you know, it's a big opportunity for Dean as well, so uh, he's really looking forward to it and, um, you know, Steve Owen's proven himself as a fast driver um, and, uh, you know, we just got to work with him with a few other bits and pieces and, you know, I think we've got a really good, solid four-car team that all four drivers can learn a lot from each other as well as the engineers etc, so, you know, we're, we're very excited about it, I'm excited about the business structure that we've got in place and I'm excited about the, the future, um, you know, whether it be the, the sponsorship side of things um, just the whole way the business is, has turned around or we've turned around Dad, myself, Steve Brayback have, have really turned it around and um, uh, from, from a business that you know was on the brink of shutting the doors to now you know being very very comfortable and um, you know every year after this um, in our business plan in the next five years the business just gets better and better and better financially for us so um, you know so that's really really good and um, really satisfying so i and Dad can sort of sit back and rest a little bit easier now. Mm. What about Stevie J on the track this year? What's the goal? Um, you know, like we, I was really disappointed with our last half of last year. You know, we were really strong at the start, top five. Um, we sort of lost our way a bit with a few things and, um, you know, we've really got to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So, you know, you know still again, you know, I really need to finish in the top five and um, you know, I guess... I wouldn't say enjoy the motor racing again because I did enjoy it last year. Uh, But, um, you know, getting those results more regularly, I guess, is is the plan for us. My
0: thanks to Stevie J, Chris Jewel and Gary O'Brien as the Czech flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Join us next week for more V8
2: Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.